0: Hi there, welcome to your podcast for college Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. Today I will welcome Father Matthew Maxwell to speak a little bit about what is the liturgy in the church. Father Matthew is a priest of Midas Christi, ordained November 2020 here in Detroit, and has been living with us in our community here, working with our different apostolates, preaching retreats, offering spiritual direction and leading several faith study groups. As I mentioned in previous episodes, now we will begin to talk about the second section of the Catechism, which refers to the sacraments and the liturgy. So today, we will address what is what is the liturgy in the Catholic Church, and in what sense or to what degree it is important in your life, especially during your college years. And in the upcoming episodes we will speak about the grace of god and what are the sacraments so hi father matthew how are you doing
1: hi father patrick doing well thanks for having me on again it's what have you be been a, what have we been up to well we've been uh what have we been doing we've been sort of recently winding down the school year um with the different apostles and whatnot that means that the different schools that we go to celebrate mass at and help at and uh, other uh groups formation groups are slowly coming to an end we just, in particular, I guess I just finished up at St. Catherine's. It's a local all-girls high school. Oh, cool. So I was able to um, celebrate actually, providentially, the last mass that they'll be having there wow. and received a nice uh, send-off. Well, I did a nice send-off for the summer, and I received a nice affectionate send-off uh-huh. as well, so...
0: So they all became aware that you're you're let's say not coming back to say mass there or something.
1: Right, exactly. That I won't be back there next year. Wow. So, and cool.
0: Any anecdote or interesting goodbyes
1: from there? Well, I think actually the most the thing that most impacts me is that since uh, since they're girls, they they're very affectionate and so they and they're very artsy and crafty, I guess. So uh-huh. they took the time to put together um, a lot of cards and letters. So on my way out of mass, let's say, or even before I did my final genuflection, I was bombarded with cards <laughs> that I, <laughs> I couldn't see over once I had them all piled up and had to walk back to the sacristy with so them. So you had
0: to carry them with you when you were leaving the chapel? They were the, part
1: of my, my recessional procession was wow. was with gifts and cards in hand.
0: Pretty cool. Well, that's yeah, great. That I'm very sure good. you had a great impact on their lives. And uh, I remember working in San Diego mm. in a couple of high schools, and recently, and this is the I've I've been there several years, but I've been uh, with some students almost like eight years or nine years ago, oh, wow. right? Or some even ten years. Wow! Um, and one student now is married and has children, and sent a message, an email, saying how uh, grateful she was for the formation she received from the sacraments and confession and spiritual direction from those days. Wow! So. Uh, it's not that I did anything special. It's just the regular ministry that we do as priests, sure. right? And uh, sure, it's incredible sure. how much impact you can have in high school and college students, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Well, I'll look forward to something similar in about eight yeah, years. Yeah, of
0: course. <laughs> yeah, and and much of it is through the liturgy and liturgical, you know, uh, celebrations, the mass, mm-hmm. the adoration of the blessed sacrament. That's so we true. hear in the church uh, about the liturgy. In different environments, right? We we talk about the liturgy. We, um, we, it's it's not your typical common topic of conversation in the world, but it is important within the Catholic Church, right? And in other in other denominations, they call those things uh, sometimes services or worship, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it is important for us uh, and for cal- Catholic students, right, and college students to know what is the liturgy. Within the context of the Catholic Church, right. so why don't you give us some uh, insights? What what is the liturgy? I know you've been giving us a little course mm-hmm. for uh, people on the liturgy, so it would be great to right. if you could share a little bit on what is the liturgy and how why is it important for
1: us? Okay, sure. Yeah, I agree. It's it's something very important, and I've found I've done uh, two different times gone no three different times now gone through what the liturgy is and when uh, with different people, different groups. And when you teach them, it, I find it typically blows their mind because we tend to look at things um, through our human eyes. And although we know what's taking place in the liturgy, um, we have trouble sometimes seeing the deeper aspects, the more supernatural aspects, right. right?
0: Typically, people look at it like a almost like a service or a theater thing, right? right. So you come in, you... You do some motions,
1: hand motions, and pray together, maybe. But right. and I think that's why some of the Protestant realities tend to tend to use words like service or worship because it's focused on what we're doing, sort right. of. Um, even if it's praying, which is is good, right? And and certainly they do that, but. It's focused on the, the human aspect of prayer and whatnot, and, and, and we're much all more, gathered together. And there's much more to it than
0: just the human aspect.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. So, the, the liturgy, the definition, let's say, um, classical definition that we used for the liturgy, you'll find it in uh, Mediator Dei, which is uh, Pope Pius XII's encyclical on the liturgy, fun fact, the 1st encyclical completely dedicated to the liturgy, um, written in 1947. And then you'll find this reiterated in in the catechism. But the the definition is sort of a spoiler because then I was going to walk through some points of Mm -hmm. how we get there. But the definition is that the liturgy is the public worship of the mystical body of Christ, both its head and its members together. Okay, There's a lot there to, to unpack and unravel. But um, basically, when if we can take a few steps, go back now, and see how we actually get there. Pope Pius XII does a good job walking us Mm -hmm. through it. He mentions that, well, first of all, man has a natural duty to religion, which means a natural duty of worshiping God, right? Because we're creatures, and so we ought to recognize who he is and who we are, right? And we see that. In our experience, too, because even outside of the Catholic Church, there are different ways that people of all times have tried and used to uh, recognize uh, God as a deity, right? Right, and that is sort of a almost, we could say, like an obligation,
0: right? right. God created us. He is the Almighty, the All-Powerful, the Everlasting, the Infinite, and the one that is only being that is necessary. We are created by God. We depend on Him. And therefore, we owe him our worship, our adoration. We, right. we owe him, in a sense, we, we
1: owe him everything. Right, right. Yeah, exactly, everything. Some sort of recognition that puts us on our level and that acknowledges who he is. Right. And the interesting thing that uh, Pope Pius XII says is that that's something that's due to God not only by each individual giving God worship in that way, but also by communities, by groups, by society and whatnot. Why? Right. Because society too, communities are things that are creatures of God. And so if that's a, it's a fundamental tendency of the human person to gather together. And so that too ought to have its moments where God is recognized, where that reality, a social aspect of man's life right. right, is directed to God.
0: Right. Sorry to, a to, footnote, it reminds me of, I don't know if you, you know who Messi is. It's a, <laughs> he's a football player. Oh, I do. Soccer he player. Happens to be Sorry. Argentinian. Right, he's from Argentina. <laughs> oh, that's, but he plays, he played for a long time in Spain, in Barcelona. And now he plays for Paris. Saint-Germain is a, you know, a very good uh, soccer team. And uh, so, he is considered the goat of the goats of the goats of all time, right? So, the greatest of all time in Father, soccer. What's a goat? Right. Greatest of all time. Oh, okay. Flash. I'm out the of date G-O-A-T. on my lingo. Okay, gotcha.
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that's why the goat. Uh, sometimes, they, they do like a chin motion to uh, say he's a goat. Okay, gotcha. Um, anyway, but the point is that when he scores some spectacular... Sometimes, he has scored spectacular goals um, right. and all the people all the stadium together does like a worship motion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you're the best you're you're a deity or something mm-hmm. and it's interesting because not that that's a liturgical reality but it, it has to do with it in the sense that you what you just said we want to come together to worship to recognize something great right? So when we're talking about God we have to come together it is natural in society and human beings to come together to worship God. Because we do that with soccer players and we do that with uh, Brady, Tom Brady, and uh, he's the goat mm-hmm. of football
1: yeah. you know, in yeah. America. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And that's actually. Um, not the precise example, but that's the kind of thing that Pope <laughs> the Twelfth was getting at, right? Right. Um, with the fact that it's something common to all humans. It's part of human nature. Right. Um, and then it's interesting, though, because he takes it a, a step further, saying that, okay, well, once divine revelation begins, that is in the Old Testament, and God starts revealing himself little by little in different ways and uh, speaking to the patriarchs, and giving them indications and directions, Um, a big part of those is not just, okay, for example, the Ten Commandments, you have to live this way, but also how to worship him and how to worship him publicly in a group, in community. And so all of Israel, the Jewish people, as they are solidified as a nation, are given very specific ways to worship God. It's interesting to note that they're given those ways by God himself, right he's the one saying now and so it takes that public worship that worship on a group level to a new level because right, so it's not just god as, is telling us how to do it right it's not just like how i can try to come up with doing something but um how god himself wants to be worshipped right and there you wow. have a lot of indications for example in leviticus and uh, deuteronomy and whatnot in these books of the bible um even to to, to great detail Right. Very detailed exactly. Very ways and how we have to worship God. Yes. Yep. yep. Exactly. Um, and then taking it a step further, of course, as we know, revelation is completed, fulfilled, perfected in Jesus Christ in the New Testament. We should expect then that that also comes along with a way of worshiping God. And in fact, we see that, right? Not only in the way that our Lord teaches us to pray, to God as a father, but also in passing on the sacraments, for example, and uh, commanding, right, that God, God be worshipped now in, in these ways and that they right. be carried out. Um, and the final step would be that these are things that Jesus Christ himself not only does himself, but that he passes on to his church to be perpetuated, to be continued uh, as the church begins to grow. and and its members begin to be incorporated, right? And so it's something that the entire church has received from Jesus Christ to do with him, right, and and, and on his behalf uh, and in his name, uh, worshiping God in this way as an entire group, as an entire spiritual society, if you will. Right, so let's see, to to sum up that,
0: Jesus Christ, as God-made man, worships God, particularly through everything he does, but particularly through the death on the cross. And he joins or he unites the church to him. So we as the church and as part of the mystical body of Jesus Christ, we worship God through Jesus Christ. And that's the liturgy.
1: Yep, yep. And that's the liturgy. Exactly. So a few interesting consequences of that are that that worship done by the church uh in the sacraments for example or in take one mass for example just one right. mass but that it's the it's the worship of the entire mystical body of christ taking place there it's not just those few people or even if it's 100 people or whatever it's not just them it's the right. entire uh it's a, it's a, something that the entire body of christ does first and foremost the head the jesus christ right and then uh the entire body of christ meaning the church here on earth but also the church in heaven to wow. partaking in that and then the church in purgatory receiving it, its fruits and what and the effects of it wow. and so there's a real participation on a much greater level than what we normally think about it's not just me and those let's say it's a daily mass 30 other people right, right.
0: and even even if if it's a, a sacrament it's a, an individual sacrament like The sacrament of confession or Mm -hmm. the sacrament of anointing of the sick, Mm -hmm. or when a priest or a religious prays the bravery, right? Mm -hmm, The ability of the hours. Even if they're praying alone, they're not praying alone. Because the whole church, they are uniting themselves to the whole church. Right. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. That's a
1: mystery, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's totally a mystery and it's something that blows our mind. I remember the first time I said this to one of the women's formation groups I have, there was a, a bit of silence and you could tell people were just, their minds Processing. were exploding in a certain sense. Right. Wow, it's it's way more vast than we mm-hmm. normally imagine. And then another interesting thing is that idea that it's the official worship of the church. It's not just some people who've decided to get together to pray in a way that they want to, but no, right. the the church has been given and is delegating to its ministers, right, its official representatives. For example, the priest in the mass, this um, way of worshiping, and so it takes on a very uh, public and uh, official, so. right, right uh, category. I used, I use the example of. Uh, street names for, <laughs> and if you wanted to change a street name, right? So our our street here is John's road out front. <laughs> and so if we wanted to change it one day, we we're all like, Hey, father Patrick's a great guy. Right. And so we want to change it to father Patrick's road. Well, we couldn't just go out there with duct tape and cover over the sign and say, this is now father Patrick's road. Right. No, it, it would require an official act. Right. And right. in order to do that, You need to call the mayor or whatever the local authority is. There will be a proper ceremony, a proper um, process. Exactly. And then everyone would recognize that, in fact, it's no longer John's road but Father Patrick's road, right? Right,
0: or or supposing to try to change the flag of the United States. Mm. We want to, to, instead of, uh, you know... Blue and red, why don't we do green, right. you know? It no. would be cool. Well, no, we can't do, do that because that represents a whole nation and everybody is invested in it and it's an official sign and symbol.
1: Right. That's so someone good. who represents the entire community needs to do that. Right. And mm-hmm. that's what the priest does um, in, in the liturgy.
0: Very good, very good. So here I have uh, from the uh, catechism a uh, uh, quote that can be helpful to summarize, you know, a little bit. The liturgy is the celebration of the mystery of Christ, and in particular, his paschal mystery. Through the exercise of the priestly office of Jesus Christ, the liturgy manifests in signs and brings about the sanctification of mankind. The public worship, which is due to God, is offered by the mystical body of Christ, that is, by its head and by its members right, so to the catechism, but to put it in lay people's words, the liturgy celebrated by the mystical body of Christ, that is the church, the liturgy, is the extension of the worship that Jesus Christ offers to God the Father, particularly on the cross. So it is the worship of the whole church through Jesus Christ, which in turn sanctifies the members of the church, so it's like a two-way action. We worship God, and God sanctifies us. Right, right.
1: Yeah, it's the ascending and descending movements, as they say sometimes Mm -hmm. in in the liturgy. Yeah. I think a beautiful aspect, something to consequence, let's say, of this, right? And that does affect directly our own Christian lives. It's not just, a lot of this is, is beautiful and interesting, it's a little bit more speculative, let's say. Right, theoretical. Right. But at the same time, um, a real consequence is that idea of worship um, and that we're not just there to, to ask for things or to pray as a community, but to, to worship God. And that worship has a, always a twofold aspect, um, especially for Christians, which is the exterior and then the interior, right? And so you will see many things in the liturgy, of course, taking place. And those all in some way, direct us and our manifestations of a worship of God, things like incense or movements or words that are said, standing and sitting, all have their place. But that's only the exterior aspect. The more important uh, and fundamental aspect of worship is the interior, that reverence and recognition of who God is and putting ourselves in our place, acknowledging God as creator and giving him his due in that sense. That um, recognition is the deepest participation that we can have in the mass in that sacrifice uh of christ on calvary that all of the sacraments sort of flow from as you were saying the paschal mystery
0: very good well that's that's awesome and regarding that that you were saying that twofold process of movement there's another short text of the Catechism I could, I'd like to read. Just, it's helpful to read those official statements of the Church, you know. It says in Catechism and Number... So the Compendium of the Catechism, number 219, it says, The liturgy, as a sacred action par excellence, is the summit to which the activity of the Church is directed, and it is likewise the font from which all her power flows. Through the liturgy, Christ continues the work of our redemption in, with, and through his church. So it's that double movement. We glorify God and he sanctifies us. And we are made uh, strong through the grace of God. And that strength helps us sanctify our daily lives. And we take our daily lives then to our worship and we worship God and honor him. It's like the... I, I always think about the the process of the leaves that come fall from the trees in the fall, right? So they, they fall on the ground, and they disintegrate, and they uh, carry their nutrients into the soil. And then with the rain and the soil and, and from the roots, the plants themselves gather again those nutrients, and they produce yeah. again the, the, the leaves, leaves, and the, those fall again. So that double movement happens also through the liturgy. We receive from God His grace, and that grace the grace of God enables us to worship Him. Right.
1: Yep. Exactly. And that's the beauty of the liturgy.
0: So, and how would you say, or in what sense would you say, because uh, we're trying to uh, convey all this to college students, how would you say that it is important to participate in the liturgy, uh, and why? Why and how should we participate in that liturgy of the church
1: right as college students right so first of all it's important it's important uh simply important to participate why because uh by participating we're able to draw more fruit out of the liturgy it's meant for us as you were saying in a big part and for enabling us to live out our christian lives and yet the liturgy isn't just something that uh, it's not like getting on one of those moving sidewalks that just moves you along mm-hmm. automatically, but rather it, the fruit that we will draw out of it will depend on how much we participate, right? How well we participate. And so that's why for us in our own Christian lives, it's, I think it's so important to, to make that effort. Um, and then the how, well, I would recommend two things that go along that match this twofold aspect of the worship that takes place, the exterior and the interior, On the first hand, and perhaps the easier aspect, is just making sure that we go through liturgy doing the different things that ought to be done, right? That the Mm -hmm. church asks us to, saying certain words, standing, sitting, kneeling, participating in these exterior ways, but with devotion, not just out of routine.
0: With an interior... Uh, let's say, investing yourself interiorly into those things that you do out Right, out, out, out exactly. Exteriorly.
1: And realizing that they have a meaning. Things like, for example, standing. Well, standing is a sign of respect or reverence, and that's why, okay, we're, well, we do sit for the first reading, the psalm, the second reading on a Sunday Mass, but for the gospel, we stand, and that's meaningful, right? For the consecration, we kneel. Uh, for, at the different moments, we say words that really uh, unite with the priest's prayer and are raised to God, right? So, all of these things are significant and we should put our heart into them and then the second thing uh that i would recommend is that more interior participation that really takes place on a spiritual level which has to do with my offering myself my placing myself there with god and recognizing who he is in the mass for example taking at taking advantage of the offertory right to place uh my virtues my cares my needs everything there on the patent uh, with the bread that's being offered and then at the consecration to unite myself to the offering of Jesus Christ uh, on Calvary. Well, all of that takes place first and foremost, principally within, right? And so if I'm not attentive, if I'm not aware, if I'm just going through the mass half-heartedly or distracted, it's very easy to skip over that. And yet that's the deepest thing. The most uh, important thing that I can do in the mass is participate in those ways.
0: Very good. Well, uh, we'll mm, most probably, surely, let's say, uh, talk about these things more uh, as we address the different uh, sacraments themselves. But one thing I would say, just in general, um, is that uh, college students, we have, there's two moments, right? When you're back at home and on vacation in the summer now, uh, or when you're during your school year. And during your school year, uh, it is important to uh, go to where the wherever the Newman Center or the Catholic, uh, let's say, society or Catholic ministry is, right? The campus ministry, and mm-hmm. there try to find out what are the times of confession, what are the times for mass, what are the times for adoration, and try to participate in these things. Particularly frequent confession, right? To receive that sacrament, uh, which is sanctifying, which helps helps me. Uh, let's say, you get the re- uh, forgiveness for my sins and also strength to be a better person. The Holy Mass, which by which we glorify God in the most perfect way because it's with Jesus Christ that we do it. And then through adoration, right? To find times where I can go to the chapel where Jesus is in the Blessed Sacrament, and adore him there um, and do a time of meditation or Lecture Divina, whatever, you know, uh, just spend time with Jesus and visiting him. Mm -hmm. I think those things are useful, right? I don't know if you have any experience from you when you were in college, how uh, what you did to participate in the liturgy.
1: Yeah, exactly what you were saying. In my case, I was on a a very small college campus, so it it made it very easy. There was like three Masses a day. Oh, wow. Um, But... One thing, and you know
0: where it was because (laughs) there was only one place, right? Exactly.
1: (laughs) One thing that's nice too is when you find those that Catholic group, those Catholic friends, that leaning on other people, right, and following their example, you'll find people who are very uh, enthusiastic about going to mass often and whatnot. And so, trying to hook into that momentum, let's say, or that that excitement, uh, is encouraging for oneself, right? And so, I find my I found myself. Um, although my family was in the habit of going to daily Mass, I found myself even at college being able to pick that, uh, keep that habit up, let's say, because I had so many friends that were going to daily Mass. Right. And that's really encouraging.
0: That's awesome. Well, Father Matthew, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us. You're uh, God willing, we'll have you again next week, uh, and we will be able to talk about grace, sanctifying grace, the grace of God, how it helps us, and uh, also what you think about the sacraments and how they are important for for us men uh, and women in college, and any other insights that you may want to share with us. Sounds to, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, it's great to have you here, Yeah, <laughs> always. And um, so to all those who are listening, thank you for sharing your time with us today. Uh, if you liked this uh, episode and the content we're offering, and you'd like to encourage others to listen as well, please do leave a review in Apple Podcasts, and uh, make sure you rate this podcast show in Spotify. And if you have any questions or comments on this or or any other episode, don't hesitate to email me at info at forcollegecatholics.org, and I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you want to email Father Matthew, also email us there, and I'll forward him your question. So thanks for listening. May God bless you. And we will see you next time.